irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Power of Love Radio Show, only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power of Love Radio Show, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love that nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and... We have our special guest, of course, that we try to have every week, uh, but we also have a co-host because my middle brother, Terrell, who I usually introduce at this time, isn't with us today. So we have uh, my cousin Prince with us. Say hey, Prince. How you guys doing? <laughs> the sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have the eldest brother. Not necessarily the wisest, but the eldest. <laughs> uh, yeah, Todd everyone's Jackson. laughing because they know it's not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, the, and that other laugh you hear is another family member of ours, um, our beloved cousin and mental health advocate. I think everyone who follows us knows this. But she's an amazing, intelligent person, and that is Miss Yashi Brown. Hi. Yeah. How hello, are you? Hello. And I do poetry. I'm a poet too. And you're a poet. And you're but a poet. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yes. Okay, so we're here live on the Power of Love radio on the radio show. So if you are listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. And later on in our show, we will be opening up. Um, you're cool with that, right? Opening up some phone calls, maybe. Yeah? Oh yeah. Okay. That's a fun we'll be, stuff. Yeah, we'll be opening up some phone calls. Um, but for now, um, you know, you can always get to us on Twitter. Um, Taj Jackson, are you ready with some, some social ready. media yes. handles? Yes. Um, Twitter is at DDJ Foundation. Uh, Facebook is D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. Instagram is at D-E-E-D-E-E Jackson Foundation. And the website is www.ddjf.org. All right, and then, um, you know, something we don't talk about, but real quick, the Power of Love song, um, if it's the intro to our radio show, and if you want to help um, the D.D. Jackson Foundation, one way to do that is simply by um, purchasing the Power of Love uh, song, which is the song you heard on the intro. Um, it is by my brothers and I, and I'm not plugging it for that reason. <laughs> I'm plugging it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm plugging it because all the proceeds from the song goes back to Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, and um, it goes to support things like this radio show and the, the the multiple stuff we do, such as the Boys and Girls Club, and we actually have some cool things coming up for 2017. So that's one simple way to, to help us out. Um, okay, so I think it's time to start talking on topic, and our topic today is... Um, Similar topic as we always have, of course, dealing with loss and grief. But um, since we have Yashi here, um, who is a great mental health advocate, is going to have a little bit more mental health information um, Uh, for today. For sure. So, Yashi, on the way here, we were talking about mental health, and you told me a fact that I didn't know, and that Uh is one out of every five people have a mental health condition. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea. That's that's quite a bit. And before we get into that, I guess there's a couple of things um, 
there's so much I could talk to you about, but I'll, I'll start with this. You recently received a SAMHSA. Am I saying that right? Yeah, a, that's it. A, a special award. <laughs> what does SAMHSA stand for? Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. And yes, it took me some time to nail that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you did well. You did well. Just <laughs> but yeah, um, what SAMHSA does is it focuses on behavioral health, substance abuse pretty much for the nation. And um, it's something that the agency tries to make sure that it's really targeting whatever seems to be some of the major challenges in the present and what's happening. For instance, right now, opioid abuse uh, is a major one. And then how family is so important in mm-hmm. the recovery process mm-hmm. and being able to uh know have the right support tools so the family needs to be a support for the person who has the mental health challenge but also the family needs to be supported in Mm -hmm. order to provide those tools and resources so in focusing again on the family now you're kind of opening it up and um, creating that dialogue that maybe again that one person is just going to stay in isolation stay in silence but now when you're now incorporating the importance of bringing in family and all of that then now we now we have discussion conversation you know it's on the brain and in my situation I think the reason why um, working with SAMHSA has been such a great experience is because they saw how my mother and my sister were such a support Mm. and my family Mm. Um, but my mom um, she yeah she didn't I'll tell you what I I, she could have freaked out she saw me in my serious psychosis when I was going through serious psychosis and when I uh, had different episodes, I had more than one episode. But she was calm mm. and she was just took the diligent steps. And um, it wasn't that she wasn't emotional. She was still very caring and very much so there for me. But when someone is going out of control, that one person that's calm, once you come down off of that, you remember that one person that's mm. calm. And that's, that's and she just seems so in control. And then everyone kind of was able to, um, you know, learn along the way. And it wasn't a straight line. It wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't know anything about this world, I mean, you don't talk about depression. You've never had anybody that had a reason to talk about it. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, all these symptoms and what's going on with Yashi, there's actually a name for it. Mm. You know, this is actually something that um, actually is normally treated for. Mm. Now we're thrown into this world where we got to find out what's going on. So we kind of slept our way through it. Yeah. But along with doing that my, my mom had this really calm presence and <clears throat> ability that said we're still in control we're going to handle this and so that gave me the confidence to really believe I can get better so uh, that's great and yeah. th- that strength is what allowed you to get better totally that family support I yeah. mean in the, it took my own personal determination and you know how we are I mean yeah. <laughs> we don't take no for it determined like yeah. no I'm not gonna let this thing beat me but I went through times where I thought I was gonna give up and suicide was psh, totally on the brain Wow. and so um, because no one can live in that kind of pain when you're going through bipolar depression or depression from some of these serious mental illnesses it's that bad nobody can live through that kind of emotional pain and it is clinical so um, that's and again bipolar has a spectrum I was on the end of the spectrum I was mm-hmm. very close to schizoaffective spectrum or that area so I had major episodes in that way um, but anyways you know me I will talk 
that's not. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Wait, wait. Can you can you describe mental health just for people that aren't you know yeah, familiar uh, with it? One. Thanks for that question. So if you can imagine. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Just before you do start on that, um, for everybody listening, does. Uh-huh. Uh, um, substance abuse count as a mental health. Yes. Okay. And, and that's what, what I love that you've just brought up because a lot of people don't believe that substance, they, they used to treat it as a totally separate thing, but now no. Substance abuse, it's all in the in, in, uh, what you would call middle Ill, mental illnesses like clinical mm-hmm. depression and what we're talking about, bipolar. That was considered mental illness. No, substance abuse, addiction, that's all mental illness and they treat them together now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for that because people with bipolar, most of them self-medicate. A lot of them uh, Mm. self-medicate with alcohol or drugs or both. So that's a combined, what you would call, dual diagnosis situation. So So as a family member or a a good friend of someone that you feel may be struggling with that, what's the best way to approach that or what's the best, what would you recommend they do? That's the difficult part. I know. Um, I I think I might have something to say about that. Because you were talking about how your mom was very calm, cool, and collected. And I remember... Yeah, which um, is not easy. TJ, when your mom died, you said that Jermaine was the one that had been calm. Well, he he gave me the the most important hug I ever experienced. both of you will always remember that. And it was a cool, calm... It's going to be okay. Yeah. Type of hug that that was huge. And in my for me. situation, when my dad died, it was grandma. Yeah. Oh. Because wow. she wasn't crying at the hospital; she was yeah. focused on us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was supportive of us. Yeah, that's yeah, a good very point. Much so. So uh, to and pick you it, remember that sticks in your head. It Once does. you come out of that point, you want to go to that. It's like I that. Think you want some stabi- stableness right, or some symbol. Stable everything's going like, to be okay. Everything like. I need to feel you right now yeah. to know that That's everything's cool. going to fit. That's a good point, cool. Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so in the instance where you think someone may be struggling or may be suffering, is there a proper way to approach that person to maybe um, see a doctor for uh, a diagnosis? or? I think, gosh, we're writing a poem on hookus.com, and okay. it dr- addresses this. Um, What's how, what, Hookus? How do you spell that? H-O-O-K-I-S-T. Okay. It's a group poem, and it's crowdsourced, so we have people submitting from all over the world, like from New Zealand and Manitoba and Russia, um, submitting these lines for this beautiful piece, and the theme is reach out and touch somebody. So... Um, if you observe someone who's experiencing emotional pain, how would you go about reaching out or expressing wanting to reach out? Mm-hmm. And then if you're someone experiencing emotional pain, how would you describe that because you don't know how to open up? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see how you do this. And like a landslide majority of the expressions and the lines that were coming out in the poetry was, I'm going through this pain. This is what I'm experiencing. And there weren't very many from the other angle. Right. It was very, <laughs> it was right. like, I actually had to go, I'm like, okay, guys, now let's focus in on this other angle. And I could tell it was like, and some of the, some of the things that came out of it is actually what I'll say right now. I'm not here to judge you. I'm mm-hmm. not here to uh, kind of talk to you and be in your business. I'm just here because I care. And if you want, I'll stay. If you don't, like, that was one of the lyrics. Okay. And that is kind of the idea. We're not, ask, we're not experts. I don't have a doctorate. Yeah. I'm a sister. So you go in and you just be a sister. Yeah. You go in and you be a mom. Yeah. That is what you're an expert at. You're an expert at that. Well, some of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you, you, but for those people, you know, you don't, that's the thing. You just let, I think the biggest thing is just 
calmness mm-hmm. and letting someone know you're there. Mm-hmm. You're there. And then maybe just checking in, I'm there. But it's the way you do that. If you come at somebody like, have you been taking your meds? Okay. Don't do that necessarily like that. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that, but you might want to bring it up at some point and say, have you been feeling, I've noticed a change in your personality. I've noticed a change. Let's talk, you know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. But these are going to be areas where you're going to have to hopefully develop some trust. Mm-hmm. And that trust is what allows you to be able to approach the person. And it's definitely delicate. Um, another one of the lyrics that came through uh, for the poem was, Take my calloused hand. Um, I know what you've been. I've won, the ba- I've won my own fight, and I can help you um, mm-hmm. if you want. Like, it was such a, I, I'm totally butchering the, the line right now. <laughs> okay. But I, what I loved about it, it was like he didn't just say in his line, take my hand. He said, take my calloused hand. Yeah. That's empathy right yeah. there. That's yeah. actually poetry, too. That's yeah. when you add that part in. So, you know, I've been there, too. I'm empathetic. I'm here. You'd be surprised. Those kinds of things are ways. Now, getting to the theme of the poem reach out and touch it's really kind of based on changedirection.org barbara van dalen who's become such a good friend and um source of inspiration she's a clinical psychologist and founder of an organization called given hour givenhour.org and what she did is started this cause this amazing cause uh, to change the culture of mental health and it's based on what are the five signs of emotional pain so if you're that person that is noticing things or maybe you are just like there why is so and so saying that well there's actually five signs of emotional pain that are very consistent and it's on her website i can list them right now yeah i hope i don't butcher this agitation uh withdrawn personality change hopelessness and poor self-care and i can honestly tell you before i was diagnosed with bipolar i had all five of those all five of those my dad would come in my room and this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> like, I smell something, right? Like, literally, I wasn't showering. Mm, I wasn't putting yeah. on the... I, I was letting my face, mm. hair, everything go. Um, I was staying locked up in my room. I was... St- like, I had every last five of those signs. So when I saw the campaign and what she was doing, I resonated so strongly with it. And I was like, I got to work with her. And yeah. it just ended up being a natural... Um, you know, uh, situation. So this campaign I'm doing on hookist.com, mm-hmm. again, that's H-O-O-K-I-S-T. It's bringing attention to these five signs based on um, reaching out and touching somebody. So not only, again, noticing the five signs, but then paying attention to yourself. Maybe there's something wrong for me. And the other reason why this is really awesome is because the earlier you catch illnesses like bipolar mm-hmm. or even schizophrenia or um, these are major serious mental illnesses, the earlier you catch them, the easier it is to treat, the better it is to treat. And the uh, what you're able to do is um, the possibility of recovery is so much stronger the earlier so t- you it's catch time it. Sensitive. So it's, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wait, wait. I want to get back to your question, though, Taj. You asked what health? is mental health yeah. or how would you describe it because that's so important. Um, I can honestly say, because that, gosh, it would involve anything that impacts your day-to-day functioning. Mm. So um, 
maintaining good mental health is being able to just maintain a you know a, a livelihood be able to go to work mm-hmm. be there for your kids you know um, uh, be able to handle your general responsibilities just being able to take care of your day-to-day functioning you know going to school and all of that but when that stops when you're locking yourself up in your room or when you're forgetting whenever something's happening that's now impeding in your day-to-day functioning then something's going on mental health wise possibly or emotionally wise so I would again I am so not a doctor but (laughs) I would say that's the main thing because that's what happened to me that's what pretty much they say in most of your materials did you recognize that though like do people that have mental health do they recognize are they the first not at all I had no idea that's what I was I think I had, I was I had that's no idea. Of yeah, health is you never know it yourself. So you, you need don't know it yourself. I just, you to, to I just thought servant. I was feeling. I thought that was just the way I was supposed. That that was the way I felt, and I recognized that I felt different than other people. But I just started feeling this sadness that was so deep and hopeless. <laughs> Yash, what, what? How old were you? Because you mentioned first, how old were you? When around that time, late teens, nineteen twenty. Okay, nineteen twenty years old. You mentioned something that it usually surfaces at around college years. That's right. Right. Um, explain. Explain that. So yeah, when you're dealing with um, some of your again your more serious mental illnesses that uh, uh, like bipolar and again uh, schizophrenia or some of even your your other illnesses. If you're predisposed to them, usually uh, around college age, mm-hmm. between the ages of 20 and 26 is when literally your majority, majority of diagnosed uh, individuals that uh, are diagnosed with any of those illnesses. I was officially diagnosed with bipolar at 24, okay. but I started having symptoms before then. I just didn't know there was a name. Now, why at that age? What were you saying? Was it? You, I think you mentioned it was the stress. And for me, I wasn't in school at the time, mm-hmm. but I was going through heavy stress Got of it. my own, just personal stress. Again, that I didn't know was so intense. But looking back, ooh, it was very intense. I don't go through that kind of stress now. Like, mm. so I was going through that finding yourself, being in that your early twenties. Um, I was dealing with also a love interest situation. I was just there were so many different Does, things happening at that time that I was in my own stress. But for the average uh, young person, it's college actually. The actually being in college, uh, if you're predisposed, a lot of them, um, it just happens around that time. And again, you're finding yourself. You're in those twenties, but then college can be somewhat um, intense. Well. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's also important that because you said that there's usually these symptoms of when you have mental illness or something like that uh-huh. but it's also we don't want people to think that if they are feeling sad on a certain day that they might have a mental illness it's that i mean there are peaks and valleys hmm. within the human experience and you are going to have some bad days you are going to have some good days now mm-hmm. if you do have a mental illness you definitely well, will need some help and, and correct me if i'm wrong is that where something like changedirection.org with the five signs right so those five signs are usually exhibited together can we say oh, them again? all those okay. five signs Pers- and then the other thing because again these are really strong points you're absolutely right the the human condition um you actually want to have a full range of emotions yep. you yeah. want to experience when i got medicated when i went on my medication for bipolar i couldn't even 
cry because yeah. what that those medications do is it flattens everything. So I didn't feel any excitement mm-hmm. or just happiness or motivation, and then I didn't. I wasn't even able to shed tears. I didn't. It you totally mm. makes you flat. You want the full range of emotions that the human experience gives you, but when it starts to affect your day to day functioning, like is what I was talking to Taj about, mm-hmm. and when you start exhibiting all those signs, now you know there's something you need to look into at once. Because at I feel like once. sometimes yeah. I exhibit those signs where oh, I don't absolutely. leave my apartment. You, know? you mean sometimes no, no. you don't shower, friends? Oh yes, no weekends. <laughs> those, are, those are my weekends. They're like okay. some weekends if I'm not Poor texting, self-care. don't come yeah. to see me. Yeah, <laughs> That's all is, I can say. This is all at once, but also something you've been noticing over a period of time, mm-hmm. and it's like not just like that. No, yeah, no, no, no. Personality change is mm-hmm. one of them too. So if someone's, I mean, when you think of personality change, that's not necessarily in one two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a personality change, meaning over the course mm-hmm. of a few months, six mm-hmm. months, you're notice, wow, this personality has okay. changed. So again, the from changedirection.org, the five uh, signs uh-huh. is personality change, agitated, mm-hmm. um, withdrawal, mm-hmm. poor self care, mm-hmm. and hopelessness. Yes. Cool. Yes. I, I want to talk about that last one, hopelessness. Now, the person might feel hopeless, and you were saying that a lot of these mental issues are about time and when you get to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to encourage anybody giving up hope, but is there a certain time where you can't help somebody because it's too late? Is there a benchmark where it is too late? Um, well, when it comes to mental, when it comes to suicide, mm. that's completely something that can be that's completely uh, what's the what's the way that they say that we can we have the ability to get to an individual that is facing suicide we have the ability um, so it's never to, hopeless so it's never it's it's just we don't talk about mental health we don't talk about mm-hmm. opening. We don't talk about our emotions. We don't talk about any of these things. Mm-hmm. So these individuals are living in silence because of culture. Mm-hmm. That's so. What's that's what's so important about changing the culture of mental health. If the culture changed, just like what happens when we have a broken leg, you know. Yeah. If you have a broken leg, you have a million people, not a million, but you have folks coming up. Let me get that door for you. Yeah. Oh, I, you're going to need someone to drive you to work for the next week. I'll take I'll chip in. That's a culture. That's something. Yeah. So imagine if we had those kinds of things because we were aware more in a social level of mental health. Um that, that oh. you're right on because I think it's an understanding of it's an understanding, it's an understanding. Yeah, and, and I think that there, there's a there's not mm-hmm. an understanding of mental health because and the it's conditions in the mind. That, yeah. and it's something that we talk about with dealing with loss and grief of a lo- of a passing of a loved one it's so like in a way it's maybe a strong word but it's kind of taboo to talk about mm-hmm. so you, you kind of just don't know how to approach it so you don't approach it and, right. and a lot of people don't get the help they need to, they to deal it. with it because it was never really addressed mm-hmm. exactly you know what I mean? And then there's the stigma around medication, which I take medicines every day. Yeah. I take medicine every day. Um, because I live a lifestyle of wellness and I do, gosh, I, I do a lot of affirmations. I, I meditate, but it's a, I try to eat as well as I can. Yeah. But I, as you know, TJ, I run long distance. Yeah. Um, that's so that I can take the, the smallest dosage of medicine in order necessary, to, yeah, necessary, because I do have to manage 
the severe, uh, you know, peaks and valleys, and, you know, you have to manage stress so you don't go into that altered state of, you know, mania and all those things. So I definitely take my everyday meds, but versus when I first, uh, you know, when you, when you first come out of the hospital or when I was first diagnosed, it's like completely different. I mm-hmm. have a management and a maintenance. Mm-hmm. I've, and that's just from getting to know your body. That's just from going through this and you really, you know your body to the point where you don't push it. You don't push it. You, you learn what are the parameters so that you can maintain and you can still function. Okay. And a couple of facts. I'm a facts kind of guy, but mm-hmm. um, 90% of people who die by suicide have a mental disorder. You see that? Nine, 90% of mm. people who die by suicide have a mental disorder. Yeah. So it's something that's very if important. Know about, if yeah. we know about, we could help a lot of people. Um, and then here's another fact that I'll say right now. 30% of those who are homeless have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. 30% of those who are homeless have a mental illness. You guys were talking about um, bringing this to within the social eye and, and helping people understand it. And I think that's the way that it needs to be is understanding. But in my personal belief, I don't ever believe that you can understand fully. Like your mom died, my dad died, but you can't understand my what dad I went died. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well. Just gotta but be you, part of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't understand what I went through, and I can't understand what you went through. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think when you said it, Yashi, you said empathy. You didn't say sympathy. Yeah. And now I'm not sure if I'm correct about the words, but I, I'm pretty sure sympathy is being in the same situation and having mm-hmm. sympathy for the person, whereas empathy is not being in the same situation but understanding their pain mm-hmm. and trying to help. Um, I, yeah, I think Unless so. Unless it's flipped. I know it's one. I know. I get those, you know, I just yeah. stay away from sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I don't feel. What I know is f- empathy. It's it's taking the time to try to feel what that person is feeling or you've been there and you can also, you can empathize because you've also been, so you naturally just feel what they're feeling yeah. because of that. But then there are some people who try to empathize, who try to really understand and feel where another person is coming from versus, oh, I'm so sorry that happened, mm-hmm. which I think is sympathy. Um, and like yeah. I said, I kind of yeah. still. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> because yeah, I, I understand. Right. So, so um, But for people like, for me, for example, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily how, if somebody comes up to me with their problems, mm-hmm. I'm there to listen to them and I'm there to talk and I might even give them advice. Yeah. And I can try to empathize with them as, as much as I as can, but I will can. never tell them that I understand what you're going through. And because you know, I feel like if someone told me that, even if their dad died and they told me the same thing, I would tell them you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because you really can't. Right, right. And you know um, what, Prince? Um, I always am the one who says, you know what, I can't imagine what it must be like to be in your shoes. Mm. This is what has happened to me, but I know that I can't imagine, but I'm here. I know sometimes we just need someone who isn't going to have an opinion. Yeah. Who isn't going to judge. Just let's talk as people. Let's just talk and, you know... um, Let's have a conversation maybe about it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I'm a big believer in saying, you know, I don't, I can't imagine. I don't really understand. But we all, you know. We're here to support you. We're here to support. Yeah. And if you want to talk about this. And I think that's also I'm here important because some people will feel guilty if they have tried to help. And they were not, They maybe they lost someone or they weren't able to help. But it really shouldn't. They should know that it's not your fault. Yeah. You, if you were there and you tried to support them, you did. The best you could. Yeah, you did the best you could, and that's what counts. And um, so many times, uh, I know of a few situations where, again, uh, maybe bipolar or some of these, again, clinical depression runs in family, but 
it's triggered by a death. Mm-hmm. It's triggered by what we're talking about, grief. And then this situation that you just grieve, and, and it continues to, you know, crescendo. Do, do you know if there is a trend going one way or the other in terms of mental health? Is or is, is that 20% number going down or going up? Do you well, know? What I can tell you is suicide's going up. Opioid Damn. abuse, opioid abuse is going up. Now, opioid. Um, I mean, and and it's not just that it's going up. Like within a certain time frame, it like has shot up. So it's wow. these are things you want to pay attention to. Why do obviously. you think, Josh? Why do you think that's jumping up? Because I I read an article. Let's hear on you. This. I, I want to hear I, you, Chris. I, I found this. I found a very interesting article, and it's actually social media yeah. is what it's about. Really? And social media has actually been the root of a lot of today's issues. Because social media, you can get bombarded with so much information all at once that it's very overwhelming Mm -hmm. to see it so you don't get the full story of everything. That's for a lot of other political and other stuff issues. But for this issue, I think the problem is is that it's a social – social media is a medium in which people can target less strong or or other victims or – I don't know what you call them. People like for bullying, for Mm -hmm. example. Cyberbullying. And they can target them anonymously. They don't have to confront them in person. It can be someone who doesn't feel good about themselves and they're like, I'm going to get on here and do this and this. Yeah. And I think that's why the suicide rate has increased because I read the article that it has led to the increased suicide between 13 and 19-year-olds. Well, I think it's increasing the stress because a lot of kids don't know how to deal with it Mm -hmm. and and cope with it, and it's it's very hard to deal with. But I think another thing is social media has led to a society that's not as connected to uh, human relations as, Mm. as, as they were 30, 40 years ago. I think we're getting a little bit more callous as a society. Stealing that word, but we're not. We're, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that that love and connection is mm-hmm. is, is as, as strong as it should be. And it's I think everybody's on their phones all the time. Yeah, look at anybody when they're sitting down; they're always texting. Yeah, yeah. That's one it's of just my so pet convenient. Peeves. If I'm having it a is, conversation, someone's looking know. down, texting, and they're like, "Uh huh, uh huh." I'm like, I, no, "I don't even uh-huh, like having uh-huh. conversations on the phone. <laughs> I would prefer to have them face to face and actually learn about the person and." Learn about their history. See, I'm yeah. impressed. I love that. <laughs> How old is Prince? You're like 20, right? Are you I'm 20 about yet? to be. Okay, I'm aging you. But <laughs> I'm telling you, I am that like, to text if you were meeting up and if we yeah. want to say something quick or you know. But I want to talk. Like I, I'm as you can see, I'm a talk. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to like soak it up, and I want to be there in person and get to know you. I am very much so connect, <laughs> and I think. It might be for the same reason. Um, I think it's uh, you probably value your relationships, your your real yeah. mm-hmm. relationships. Relation. It's not about surface relationships. It's about real people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about real connections. And I think just some of us in certain situations, that's a really important thing. Maybe um, no matter what our background is, but for some of us, I think that's for me. Just knowing this is a real connection. This is a real like because there's those people are the ones I want to make sure I'm around. So let's so let's try to do a little bit better job connecting people. Yeah. I got some Twitter stuff. Um, <clears throat> sympathy is feeling compassion, sorrow, and pity for the hardships that another person encounters, while empathy is putting yourself in, in the their shoes. 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 Okay, so we're pretty close. Have huh? another. <laughs> so, <laughs> Putting yourself in their shoes yeah. and trying to feel where they're at. Yeah, with empathy. And then also, um, there's a question about how do, how do you deal with a family that doesn't take your mental illness seriously? Yeah, that's an unfortunate situation. I mean... It's so common. It is. It's I, I so know. common. Um, 
Okay. So pretty much what this tweet is, this this individual is saying is they don't have a family support system. They don't system. have a family support system. And, See, and so real quick, if you're in a situation, oh, go Real ahead. quick, that doesn't mean they could be loved. They just a not, there's a misunderstanding. Because I'm sure there's people that love you that Or think, the family themselves might not be strong enough to support them themselves because they might have their own problems. True. Yeah. A lot of times when you get, this is what happens a lot of times, a lot of times when you get into the situation of supporting or you come in from the outside, you're like, oh, this is generational. This is going on in more mm-hmm. than one family. It's just now this is the one to come up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's exposed maybe. But getting back to um, what we were saying about this, it sounds like the support for the illness and the support for this realizing this person needs recovery isn't maybe really there Mm -hmm. um now depending on the situation this could be if it's a situation that is completely unsupportive in a negative environment there are organizations there's resources out there that will take them in that and when i say take them in meaning that they'll be able to talk to and get some advice from and then peer support I love it. Now we can go to Project Return Peer Support Network, which is a foundation that I'm on the board for. And what it is is peers helping peers. And so these are um, the whole organization is ran by peers and it's for peers. So um, like I think 80 percent of our board where we have a diagnosed mental health challenge and then um, most of the employees. Yeah, everyone does. So it's 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 a living proof, living, breathing proof that you can recover to the point, you know, recovery, by the way, is a process. It's not necessarily a destination. It's an everyday thing. But um, this the whole essence of it is peers that are able to um, have that empathy and Mm -hmm. have that Mm -hmm. compassion as well. And. be able to embrace them as you know a family but then um provide resources and provide tools because if you're not getting that support and if your family if you don't have that you need a support system to get through these illness you need Mm -hmm. some sort of cheering squad you know a cheer yeah my my advice for that person would be to think outside the box and i think um telling the family member and if they're not believing it or not listening may not be working so i think maybe printing out an article and giving them the article i think doing it in a very different way can be impactful or even really giving them the podcast this radio show or podcast just Mm -hmm. to get their flip their mind so that they know it's a serious thing that you're trying to relay yeah it's a great thing that you bring up uh writing because uh people have said that writing can be very therapeutical and i know yasha you enjoy writing Mm -hmm. for that very reason for sure um but I'm, I've been called a man's man a lot of times before because one of the main things I believe in is... By who? No, just you know, people here and there. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. I see that person. Man's man. But, um, but, I can see that. And, but one of the things is I, I believe in a strong self-support. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand in these situations that you do need an external support. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is do you think that if you had a strong support from your family or for whoever it is, can you make that change if you don't have the drive and the determination to do that? I want to make sure I'm understanding. Say it one more time. Yeah, let me phrase it. Um, uh-huh. To get through it or to, what What would you say? Um, recovery, what was the term you used? Uh, yeah. It's a uh, process? Uh, recovery is not a... It's not about the destination. Yeah, it's, it's a process. recovery. It's a process, it's a process not a destination. Yes. But I don't even think, I say this all the time. 
But it's not a destination is the yeah. idea. It's but an everyday thing. My question is, is who's... I don't... My personal belief, and I could be wrong, is that I don't believe that the family or your support system or whoever it is can start that recovery for you. Do you think it has to come I from within? I think it needs to come from within. You need to... I don't know if you... Recognize is the right That's word hard, to though. I know. But well, because we have, there have been mm-hmm. situations where people have been, there has been a strong fam, family support, there's been strong friend support, there's been strong support from everywhere, but they did not recognize it as support. Mm-hmm. So, I, Well, this is, the, this is a great thing as well, is there's two sides to this. A lot of times when you're ill, you don't know you're ill. Mm-hmm. So for someone to point it out to you and to say, and usually it doesn't, it takes more than one time yes. or whatever, and it's when... They're starting to see things around them crumble, you know, that they want to. But again, this is about being patient. And so the family also has to know that this is a process. Mm -hmm. This is not an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't, for instance, these meds when you're coming out of the hospital and I needed them to bring me out of a very altered state. Um, I had serious delusions. I was thinking things. So I needed this to bring me back to, okay, today is Tuesday and it's 12 o'clock. So, but you cannot live on those medicines every single mm-hmm. day. You don't want it to be a crutch. And you don't, um, well, no, no, no. That's that's kind of another conversation okay. because um, some, if it's an illness, sometimes you, you, you have to, that. yeah, you, you just, mm-hmm. exactly. Or everybody's situation's a little different than that. But back to what I was saying about this, um, you have to be able to find that balance with um, if you're someone who is taking meds, um, the right kind, the right doctor who works with you, where there's an open conversation and relationship, and you're being honest about it, because you're going to go through that period of going off and on. Because those, it's you can't. I went on and off. Just I was that that patient. Mm-hmm. I was that person who um, family might have been like what's she doing now but it's because if I had a given someone like you what I was taking you would have been like oh god I understand now <laughs> it's that it's what we were saying like you don't even if I gave you you know I always say that I see this in speaking engagements I, I'll go you know when that person says have you been taking your meds no I haven't and you want to you want to take my meds so you can understand why I haven't been taking my <laughs> no but if you're on the wrong ones it it is not you and can't live like that so that one area is a process. Mm-hmm. You, what I have to just say is it takes patience and it takes understanding that everyone, it's not a straight line. Now, I had a burning desire to not feel powerless. That is what helped me. I had personal determination. And that is, in the end, what allowed me to be here today. But that personal determination had support. So if I had family members that were making fun of me, I would have started doubting myself. Because my self-esteem had to build up. But without that self-determination. Right. So I had to have a combination of support along with that determination. Mm -hmm. Because my instinct is to, I'm not going to let this beat me, but um, there were days... I, always, I like to say, did I have motivation? Not necessarily, because when you're deeply depressed, that feels unachievable. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I had a burning desire still inside to not feel powerless. And that's the important I part. I think the vast, vast majority of people have people that love them on their side. I just think a lot of people that feel they don't have support have people that are supporting them that don't understand mm-hmm. what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So with that said, how would you advise a 20-year-old who's screaming out for help 
to to get their parents or their you know whoever it is that that's taking care of them their support for their condition what would you advise for that person let me think about this for a sec you know because that's, yeah. that, that's hard. It is because a lot of you're already at a weak, you're already at, and you're already at a weak spot. You're already in a weak position, and you may not have that fire. But obviously, you can't give up. That's my advice. You yeah. can't give up, and that's why I feel like doing something abnormal, not dangerous, not not anything you know mm-hmm. crazy, but doing getting their I attention in different ways is the way to go. If you've tried, for me. Because my situation escalated, I was showing signs, but my situation, I go back to my situation because I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. find my way through this, through answering this. Um, it, it got so extreme that you couldn't ignore it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And when my sister came in the room and said, we think there's a place that will make you feel better. That's we think awesome. She did it in a way where... I thought I was going to a retreat. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she did it in a very kind That's way. Cool. Now, if a person doesn't know how to, or they've tried to open up to their family, and you've done what you can, you got to go. You have to find someone you trust, and and hopefully there's someone that you can talk to that you trust and say, "I'm not well. I need help." And I really truly feel we all have at least one person in our life that we feel like we can say that Mm -hmm. to. That's what you need to do. Figure out someone you trust. Go to them. Tell them what's going on. And then, excuse me, try to get a game plan together. Try to get an abstinence plan. This person needs to realize, and I'm talking to you individuals out there that are listening to this, you need to find that person you trust. Open up a little bit, but just um, to the point where you're comfortable, but to the point also where they know this is something to take seriously and then you need a plan and that might not be something you know what to do but now you know okay there's resources there's other people that have been there Mm -hmm. so there's information out there and this is the beauty of the internet because again I didn't have the internet has a lot of great information on it and there's a lot of great information Uh, this site we're talking about as well Change Direction Um, but other sites that go more into the detail of getting the right support I like not NAMI also, too, because NAMI does family to family. They have family support. And that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI. Is that um, NAMI? Yeah, NAMI. So what they do is... Um, it might if, be a dot .org. You want yeah, to yeah, .org. And it focuses on how families... Um, you know, providing uh, the family, they have a family to family program. Um, again, we want to remember family isn't brother, sister, mother, father necessarily. It is partner in mm-hmm, our life. Mm-hmm. It's a best friend. It's an adoptive family. It's, you know, whatever. I, I, I call, I have adoptive family. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's that, in family. We want to open up that word. And I think people, I think of family probably very similar to the way you do, but not as way as a lot of people do because mm-hmm. people like to say, you know, the blood of the, what is it? Blood is thicker than water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the actual quote was taken from, and I like to tell people this a lot, it actually goes, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And it actually means the exact opposite of how people interpret it. Mm-hmm. Because it's the blood yeah. of your bond is much stronger than the water of mm-hmm. your family. Mm-hmm. So, And that's where the real family comes from, is mm-hmm. in there. But you were mentioning about looking for someone finding that one person or these people in your life that you can support. And I know that um, I don't want to talk about our religion or any of the religions that we're in, but we are all religious people. We believe in a higher power. Spiritual, for sure. Yeah. And what, if it does at all, how does it help deal with this type of stuff? Because I feel that if you have this, and as I've been growing up, I'm learning 
the reason why, you know, TJ has talked to me about the reason and the importance of religion in your life because mm-hmm. it provides that stability, that security. Mm-hmm. How does that play into what we're talking about? First of all, I just want to say I love you for that question. <laughs> <laughs> I love all you guys, but I love you right now for that question because that is the foundation. That yeah. is what got me through. Prayer, uh, certain books and I will sit up here and start crying right now over this because (laughs) it truly is that important Prince it truly Mm -hmm. is that important Mm -hmm. spirituality um, and whatever it is that I like to say because some people don't call them some people feel you know they don't even know if there's a God but and in respect to that whatever helps you feel connected to this universe Mm -hmm. that could be writing that could be spending time with your children your dog but also it could be prayer spirituality whatever uh you know you were raised uh again um your connection to god and and all of that whatever gives you that that faith that's the starting point that is what i have that's a every single day some throughout the day thing for me because that's also if you think about what faith does it's surrender yeah we have to understand it is not only on our shoulders you know and in the moment that we surrender there's a physical therapeutic medical reaction Mm -hmm. happening in our bodies when we surrender and so our faith and whatever we call our spirituality is the process of doing that in those moments so the whole thing just makes sense but for me Meditation has been mm. so important, calming the brain, especially when you have uh, mental challenges. You're thinking a lot. You're mm-hmm. to the point where your thoughts overwhelm your head. You meditate, Crush? Every single day. Mm. As much, I've always I miss, wanted to. I'm, yeah. I can't. I haven't started that chapter, but I will because I know. There's a lot of different forms, but um, yeah, I there's think some, that's what's important. Is yeah. I think people see meditation as isolating yourself and being quiet. Really? Yeah. yeah, but just like there's different religion, there's different ways mm-hmm. to yeah. meditate. Yeah, find your peace and tranquility. And 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 again, it might not be for some. Uh, Running, a lot of folks when they run, yeah, they go the, into that medi- that that trance-like state where you're in the moment. It's about being in that moment and thought, you know, being able to clear the head. That used to be me a couple For me, years ago. It was, now uh, I can't even working run. Working in art, I used to love. Yeah, and building things. Building, yeah, working with my hands is one of the. Uh, it's very yeah. therapeutic. I, I actually have to paint uh, shelves in, 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 at my place, uh-huh. and Prince is is asking me if he can come help. He enjoys it that I much, love and I'm. That is, well, <laughs> you also so like fun. to make you jewelry, right? Yeah. You also yeah. like to. I, I love working with my hands. You like working so. with your hands. It's, it's therapeutic. <laughs> well, you know, this gets into the poetry aspect. Mm-hmm. Poetry is what. That was the only place I liked myself in my head mm. when I was going through these moments. Like I would write. And I would go into a state, and these thoughts would come, and I liked what I was writing, and then others were like, that's pretty good. So it gave me confidence. So Mm. I felt like when I was writing, I was doing something that was important, and it gave me that confidence, and then it gave me the ability to just shed all my feelings, and Mm -hmm. my poetry became that outlet. And I think that's the part that's beautiful out of this that comes you're able to with working with your hands and with all of these things that are helping you with just your emotional well-being mm-hmm. um, because all of this is not just about you know mental, mental health and all that emotional well-being mental well-being mm-hmm. wellness mm-hmm. Um, all of this is is really where it's at and poetry allowed me and still allows me to get that feeling of ah oh, I just mm-hmm. got that out and there's a 
piece of art to show for it. Yeah, you got something that um, lives forever. Okay, I have two questions real quick because we are running out of time. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, the poet, the poem thing you're doing, it's on Hookus? Yes, H O O K I S T. Go to hookus.com. We're doing a group's crowdsourced poem. It's beautiful. You guys are collaborating with each other. Um, we've got some amazing winners that have already. Um, so yeah, just come, and you know it's, what it is? It's just get your emotion. You get five free credits, uh, which is five different submissions. Okay, and just let just. I think the main thing is to read what others being inspired by others and knowing you're not alone and what they're going through, and then creating this beautiful piece of art out of something that's painful. So, do you have your own? Is it easy? Do I just go to hookus.com and I'm there? And yeah, I'm, go to okay. hookus. Well, yeah, that's the best thing. From there, you can go to the link where the poem and you can see all the submissions and where you're supposed to submit. You're going to sign in and create a small account. It's just okay. a little account you put your uh, picture in. And then from you there, contribute. you just contribute to what's happening. And it's a really cool thing that we're doing. Um, and then on there, you'll see some of the work I'm doing. I have mm-hmm. my audio book. So we want to think yashibrown.com. Go to my website. You can pre-order my book of poems, Black Daisy and a White Limousine. I redid it for the audio book, so there's less poetry. But I took from some of my favorite ones. And then uh, the audio book is going to be available next week. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. Um, what else? I plugged um, every. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> you think, Taj, is there anything on, else on Twitter? We yeah, there, there's a quick question um in terms of what if uh and i'm trying to get the exact thing but it was someone uh she said my dad has a mental problem but doesn't want or doesn't want help and doesn't accept that he has a mental problem yeah how can i help him oh gosh again this is the hallmark of what we're talking about and i just want to throw this out why do you think he's not accepting it probably has something to do with cultural stigma probably has a lot to do with it. So this is why mm-hmm. starting this conversation, the cultural stigma, then someone can be more in tune. Um, so that'll maybe, that'll help her. And then as far as how can she, um, just letting, <clears throat> she has to take care of herself and, and, and make sure she's staying in a, a healthy place. And then while doing that, um, maybe give articles, information, mm-hmm. like what TJ was saying. And mm-hmm. just being a daughter and helping where you think. And then, um, yeah, that's it's it, and, and just checking in, just Got continuing it. to check, check in, in and letting them know, letting him know that she's there. Okay, we, we have a special caller. I have to answer this one. Caller, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's your name? My name is Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound like Jimmy. <laughs> Taj, you What's know up, you guys? Yeah. What's that? What's, I know we're short on time. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. you have about thirty seconds, Terrell. Yeah. What That's did you want to? I need. <laughs> I just wanted to say to you guys, I'm sorry I didn't make it today. Yashi, I was looking forward to actually being there today, but I couldn't make it. Um, thank you for sharing, Yashi, your story. You're welcome. Um, we love you. We're proud of you. We're here for you. And um, I think it's great that you uh, came on to the show and, and dropped some knowledge for everybody, including me. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I love this you. This is family. I love you, too. All I love right. all you guys. But okay. thank you so much, Terrell. That was for very sweet, Terrell. Just expressing your support. And and you guys have always been there. All of you. Everyone. Grandma was the, was the major person who was part of that initial situation. And she just had her literally... Um, when we went up to when I went up to the front door, and she just had her arms out, 
Literally, mm, she opened the grandma. grandma opened the front door and just had her arms out. Both mm. That's grandma. I, I, we yeah. we always talk about how grandma's yeah. impacted all of our lives. So yeah. But Yash, I want to thank you, uh, yeah. Carol. That was awesome. This was so much yeah. fun. It is. Um, are we still on the air? Because it's We're still on the air. Okay, well, they're about I, to pull the plug. Yeah, before, yeah. before we pull the plug, there's yeah. something I do want to say. Um, as the Jackson family and as my father is known for it, we mm-hmm. uh, helping out our community charity. Um, the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, they work with the Boys and Girls Club. Um, mm-hmm. I've recently started with uh, a friend of mine, John Mudo, here in Los Angeles. It's a yep. student organization on Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. Um, we are still raising money all the way up until, I believe, December 5th. And we need money to host this Christmas event for the Boys and Girls Club of Los Angeles in San Pedro. If you'd like to donate, the GoFundMe link is connected to my Instagram, which is at Prince Jackson. Mm. It is also on at Heal Los Angeles. And anything you can give to us will be greatly appreciated. Awesome. awesome. Mm. Y- Yash, did you want to add? That's, that's great, Prince. Uh-huh. Was there anything else you want to add real quick? Or? Um, yeah, you could. I think we talked a lot about the thing. Just, again, changedirection.org. Go there, learn about the cause, and see how you can get your community involved in this. Um, and hopefully your state. Bring them on board. Um, this, is, this is a, we all have a shared vision. So this is about bringing all forces together. And then Project Return Peer Support Network, PRPSN.org. We are peer support. So peers helping peers in Los Angeles. We're the largest peer support um, uh, foundation in Los Angeles area. And I'm on the board. So there you go. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much, Yash. Thanks for being our guest. And Prince, thanks for thank you guys co-hosting for with me. us. Yes. Um, it's That's pretty much it for us this week. We're here Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on Pacific Standard Time. Um, and if you found our program helpful and can afford to do so, please go to DDJF and support the foundation. Any de- donation amount helps us support those in need. Can I throw one more thing Yes, out? please, quick. Also, and I forgot to mention, a group of guy, a group of people that uh, I work with all the time, Painted Brain. Mm. They are amazing. Uh, go to Painted Brain. And this is located, again, in the L.A. downtown area. These are artists. They have art. They have web, uh, all sorts of workshops where people with mental challenges or not so even that come together. And these are some amazing artists, graphic, everybody. But they just support uh, being able to heal through art. So go Pre- to Painted Brain. Painted Brain. The Painted Brain. Awesome. <laughs> all right. That's it. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. D.D.J.F. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.